Hey guys, welcome back to VA Made Easy. If you missed the last episode, go ahead and check it out. It's about the PACT Act and how you could use it to increase your rating. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about sleep apnea. I see a lot of veterans applying for sleep apnea, and I get why. If you use a CPAP machine or APAP or BiPAP, I mean, you're entitled to a 50% rating. That's huge. I also see a lot of veterans denied sleep apnea because they don't understand how to link it to their service. So this episode is going to teach you how to link sleep apnea to your service. There's two different ways, either direct service connection or connecting it secondarily to a condition like PTSD or back injury. Before we get into the discussion of how to service connect sleep apnea, I want to clarify that there's two different types of sleep apnea. There's something called central sleep apnea and something called obstructive sleep apnea. Central sleep apnea is an issue with your brain sending signals to your muscles to breathe. That is not the type of sleep apnea we're going to discuss today. Maybe another episode we'll, we'll touch on that. Today we're going to discuss obstructive sleep apnea, and that's a result of a narrowing of your airway, which causes you to stop breathing in your sleep. So everything we discuss today is going to revolve around obstructive sleep apnea. So first thing you need in order to win service connection for sleep apnea is you need a diagnosis. Guys, if you don't have a diagnosis of sleep apnea, I really feel like you have no business filing a claim on it. Go get a diagnosis. If you're eligible for full free VA medical care, a lot of VA facilities will give you an at-home test that you could use. It's a little device. You bring it home. You, you put it on while you sleep, and they interpret the results. The VA will accept an at-home sleep study as long as the results are interpreted by a medical professional, like a, a medical doctor. And just to clarify, yes, your diagnosis it does have to be confirmed by a sleep study. If you've had a doctor for some reason say, hey, I think you have sleep apnea, uh, but you've never had a sleep study and you don't have VA healthcare, that's okay. You could force the VA to give you a sleep study as long as you, one, have something showing a doctor thinks you have sleep apnea, and two, there is some sort of indication that it's related to your service. So there's a, there's a very powerful law called the VA's duty to assist. So if you have something indicating you have a diagnosis of sleep apnea and there's some indications related to your service, but you just haven't have it confirmed by a sleep study, the VA should provide you a sleep study in those circumstances. So establishing a diagnosis is probably the easiest part of winning your sleep apnea claim. It's probably you're not here to learn how to establish a diagnosis. You're probably here to learn how do we how do I connect the sleep apnea to my service. There's a big misconception out there that if the VA diagnoses your sleep apnea, the VA is also admitting that the sleep apnea is related to service. That's not true. The health side of things on the VA don't talk very well to the benefit side of things. So just because you have a, a VA diagnosis does not mean related service. You're going to have to prove it's related service. I'm going to tell you a few ways how you can do that. There's two different major ways that I have found the most success 
uh, in the last 13 years working as a VA credit attorney. First major way is called direct service connection. So this means that your sleep apnea either was diagnosed in service or began in service. Now, you're going to hear these internet companies, these uh, quote-unquote insiders tell you, no, don't go that route, don't go the direct service connection route. That's bullshit. Don't listen to them. Uh, it just shows how inexperienced and unknowledgeable those companies are, and they're just out for a money grab. I've had a lot of success winning sleep apnea claims with direct service connection. So if you're diagnosed with sleep apnea on active duty, I mean, you're golden. You're probably not watching this video. If you if you were diagnosed during active duty and your claim was denied, you know, give me a call. I'm happy to help you out there. But the other way is to establish that you had sleep apnea type symptoms while on active duty. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, how am I going to do that, Ed? I, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't go to sick call. It's okay. What you need to do, you need to track down some buddies you served with. And this is not anybody. These are the guys who slept next to you. If you had someone to say, God damn it, you snored like a bear last night, that's the guy you need to call. So what you're going to do, you're going to contact those guys and you're going to get statements from them or work with them on writing a statement for you. So these statements, they shouldn't just say, oh yeah, Joe had a sleep apnea in service. They're not competent to diagnose whether or not you had sleep apnea in service. What they should be testifying to is what symptoms you had and they observed in you while on active duty. So for instance, you snored very loudly, you stopped breathing in your sleep, they're worried you're dead because you had such long pauses between breaths. Those are the type of symptoms they need to write in their statement. So loud snoring in itself, yeah, it's a major sleep apnea symptom, but you really need also them to say they either had long pauses in your breath or, or you woke up gasping for air. Snoring in itself is not um, enough to establish service connection. So I'm going to share a statement with you on the screen here. Uh, this just works as an example so you can help your buddy write their own statement. My name is Bo Ranger. I served alongside Joe Snuffy in the U.S. Army from 2000 to 2010. We were both deployed to Iraq in 2004, and we both slept in military-style barracks. It's important, guys, to establish that this person is familiar with your sleeping habits while on active duty. Joe's rack was right next to mine. Joe snored incredibly loud every time he fell asleep. It sounded like a freight train was coming through the barracks. I knew if I didn't fall asleep before him, I wasn't going to fall asleep that night. Joe would stop breathing in his sleep as well. You'd be listening to him snore, and all of a sudden, it would stop. He wouldn't be breathing, and sometimes I'd be worried he was dead, and he would gasp for breath and start snoring again. This statement establishes they know, knew the veteran on active duty. They were familiar with their sleeping habits. And they witnessed sleep apnea type symptoms while I was on active duty. 
your buddy should also write that he declares under the penalty of perjury that the foregoing is true and correct and have him sign it. Get as many of these statements as you can. I think at least two would be helpful. Next, you're going to write a statement yourself. Again, you're not saying I had sleep apnea on active duty. You're going to discuss your own sleep apnea symptoms in the statement. The symptoms you should focus on in your statement are whether you woke up gasping for air in the night, whether you woke up with a dry mouth, woke up with morning headaches, experienced daytime sleepiness, and experienced irritability. All these are signs and symptoms of sleep apnea. This is going to help the VA examiner establish that yes, you began experiencing sleep apnea while on active duty. So you're going to submit these statements along with your claim. If you've never filed sleep apnea claim before, you're going to use VA Form 21-526EZ. If you have filed sleep apnea before, you want to file supplemental claim. That's using VA Form 20-0995. Include the statements with either of these claims. So the point here is we want to get these statements in front of a VA examiner so he could review them and say, yes, absolutely, that was sleep apnea. You have sleep apnea now. These statements establish that you your sleep apnea began in service. Now, guys, th this is not a, a, a magic bullet. Um, even with the statements, you're still going to get some of these knucklehead VA examiners saying you don't have sleep apnea. It's okay. Uh, there's a couple things you could do. One, get a copy of that exam and review it. If there's any factual inaccuracies in there, that's a bad exam. If the, ex the examiner also must review those statements you submitted. If he did not mention reviewing them, he does not discuss those statements. He does not discuss the symptoms that your buddy testified to in those statements. That is a bad exam. And the VA should not be re relying on that exam. So what you need to do is you need to file an appeal, preferably probably a, a higher level review at this point, arguing the exam is bad because they did not consider the statements. The higher level reviewer almost always is going to agree with you and set you up with a new exam with a requirement that that examiner reviews those statements. If you're still denied, well, it happens, but don't give up. You still have options. You can provide your own opinion. Now, if you don't have a doctor who's willing to write a detailed medical opinion for you, I think that's the time when you should reach out to a accredited VA attorney or agent. They could help you obtain what's called an independent medical evaluation linking your sleep apnea to service. Please make sure whoever you use is accredited by the VA. There's so many companies out there that are taking advantage of veterans and paying ridiculous amounts of fees for them to do a shit job. If you want to find a VA accredited agent or attorney, go to this website, www.va.gov 
forward slash OGC forward slash APPS forward slash accreditation. All right, guys, so that's direct service connection. That is the best way to link your sleep apnea directly to service is through the use of these buddy statements. Next, I'm going to discuss how you link sleep apnea to an already service-connected condition. I know many of you try to link sleep apnea to PTSD, and I understand why. There have been studies that come out saying that there's a high rate of veterans who have both PTSD and sleep apnea. However, correlation does not equal causation. So the science is still a little weak in how PTSD and sleep apnea are related. Yes, you could find medical professionals who are willing to link the two directly, but there's also another way, which I think makes for a stronger case. And let me walk you through that process. So if you're suffering from PTSD, I get it. I suffer PTSD myself. And you go through those low points and you're depressed and uh, you don't feel like exercising and you're laying on the couch and you're watching TV and all you want to do is eat fast food. Next thing you know, you've, you've gained 25 pounds and you're having sleep apnea problems. So these, these poor lifestyle choices could lead to obesity or being overweight. And being overweight or obese is, is one of the major risk factors for sleep apnea. So my suggestion is instead of asking the VA to directly link the sleep apnea to PTSD, is use this use the obesity and, and being overweight as what they call an intermediary step. So you want the VA to say, yes, his PTSD contributed to his poor lifestyle choices, which led to being overweight, which then led to him developing sleep apnea. The, the Court of Appeals of Veterans Claims has stated that this is a valid way to establish service connection. If you want to read the case about that, it's called Garner v. Tran. You could Google it. But this is a valid way to link your sleep apnea to your PTSD. So this time, it's going to be your own statement that you submit. So get a hold of VA Form 21-4138. This is just a blank form you can write a statement on. And discuss your PTSD and your depression and how it affects your ability to get up and exercise and how you eat junk food um, to make yourself feel better, you self-medicate with alcohol, and that led to me being overweight and obese. You want to discuss what your lifestyle choices were before you got PTSD. So preferably, you weren't overweight, you ate better, you exercised, and it wasn't until you got PTSD that these poor lifestyle choices began happening. If, if you had these lifestyle choices before PTSD, this is not going to work for you. So you need to establish healthy, fit before PTSD. I would mention what your weight was before and after and try to pin down the date you began experiencing sleep apnea. 
Preferably, that was after you got the diagnosis of PTSD or began experiencing PTSD. This should be enough to, again, get you a VA compensation pension exam. And again, guys, this isn't a magic bullet. I'm not saying this is a guarantee. The VA examiners make a lot of goofy decisions. But this is a valid way to service connect your um, sleep apnea to PTSD. Again, if you get a bad exam, please don't give up. Get a copy of that exam. Review it. Is it accurate? Did the examiner review your statement? What did he base his opinion on? If there's a way, you could argue the exam's bad, do it. If you're denied again, look into getting a VA agent or VA accredited attorney. Research them, make sure they know what they're doing. Yes, uh, there are fees involved, but they are limited of what they could charge. Unlike these unaccredited internet companies that, that are uh, charging 80% of your back pay. Please, for the love of God, do not go to those companies. I know the VA is frustrating, but guys, you could do this. You could win these cases. Yeah, you may have to appeal a few times. You may have to wait a couple years, but with this knowledge, I really feel you can win your VA disability claim. If you have more questions, put them in the comments below. Visit my website, vetlawoffice.com. I'm always happy to answer questions for you guys. I'm not going to send you a bill or anything ridiculous like that. I, I hope this was helpful, and I'll see you next time.